Welcome, Beyonders. How did we get to this weird place? Who are these two crazy guys and what is going on? Beyond Terrestrial, or BT for short, is a podcast dedicated to the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. Hosted by Dan Martson and Lee Ariat, two guys who discovered late night radio shows like Coast to Coast while working the night shift and stumbled into a world of fantastic tales and local legends. We share these stories with our dedicated fans we lovingly call Beyonders every other Tuesday. Join me and Lee as we take a mysterious journey into obscure local tales and spin up some hot takes on the supernatural stories we all know and love. Two words. Interdimensional Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Hey, Road Warriors, this is Chris from State of Fear Podcast, and you're listening to a fourth-hand production. guys welcome back to another fun filled episode of state of fear i almost forgot the name of the show for a second there james <laughs> get a grip man get yes that's my good friend james in front of me right now what's up everybody welcome to episode number 29 for the state of nevada nevada all right tell me some stories about nevada where you when you've been there james uh actually you're gonna laugh i've been to vegas and vegas alone i've, I've crossed the border a couple of times but just passing through just kind of nicked it mm-hmm. and i have been to vegas but i was only at the airport that's it i could see the luxor but okay. i haven't actually been to vegas so you're telling me that you as a fan of all things paranormal did not try to enter area 51 this may sound strange but as a married man at the time going to vegas was not in the books it makes sense not an option but you didn't try you didn't try and 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 enter onto area 51 negative why not i did not man you missed opportunity i know well i mean mostly opportunity to get shot probably but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm one of y'all man i'm a soldier (laughs) there you go don't shoot i'm lost i'm lost i'm stationed here but i'm lost that's right yeah Yeah. try to sneak on that way Mm -hmm. um so today we're going to go over the the gold hill nevada 
Yellow Jacket Mine Fire of 1869, as well as the some of the hauntings that are now associated with that mine. I do believe I heard about this. Is that a coal yeah, mine or is that a gold mine? It's a silver mine, actually. Silver mine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but first, before we do that, let's um, let's don't forget. Uh, we got a Patreon going on right now. Absolutely, we sure do. We got two wonderful Patreons. Thank you so much. Um, it's uh super cheap. We got three tiers. We got the uh, one dollar, the five dollar, and the ten dollar. Um, ten dollars all access. You get all the uh, bloopers, outtakes. You get the video podcast. You get the video bloopers. I mean, you get a bunch of stuff. You get the uh, road the road trip or the uh, rest stop episodes. Rest stop episodes. All yes. the special content. Special, special episodes. You get ad free yeah. episodes. We got stuff already up there. Already got yeah. a lot of good stuff going up there, and we're adding to it all the time. So, so go check out patreon.com slash state of fear, all one word. Yes. And, uh, you know, help support your favorite show and help us uh, put the money back into this to make it better. Bigger, better. That's right. Please, please. Uh, we also I need have a little mer- cup of change. Jingle, 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 jingle. You know. Yeah, we got to get you one. Yep. We also have a merch shop with three different designs going on right now. We certainly do. Um, it's got some cool stuff on there. We got mugs, we got pillows, we got uh, t shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. It's uh, tpublic.com slash state of fear. Actually, I take it back. It's tpublic.com backslash SOF. Um, go on there and you can find all different designs though. Yes, and yeah. you can also find that on our social media. I'm posting the links to Pat uh, the Patreon, the Patreon, Patreon, and however you want to say it's fine. T Public, they are both on there. Uh, they'll be on all future episode posts, so okay. it's just easy if you just go there and check it out real quick. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Instagram. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So go find us on there, and you can find all the links to all of our. I think our. I think actually our in Twitter has our link tree link and if you go to link tree that's one link and it takes you to everything you'll have the link yes. for our merch link for our patreon and a link to find all of our uh, places that we're available to listen to which is pretty much everywhere speaking of which we also have the postcard giveaway still going on yes we do uh, all you have to do is submit a review to whatever app you use uh, send us a screenshot of it and we will send you an x-files 1996 postcard yep email those screenshots to state of fear podcast at gmail.com yes and, and it's real simple we want to give a couple shout outs to two more fans that did that yes we do first off from all the way from the uk mr ryan henderson thank you ryan thank you ryan we appreciate you listening sir even from way over there that is an honor yes sir thank you so we're much we're worldwide man we are man i love it and then mr jeremy mcfarland thank you so much as well sir absolutely um, thank you guys you. will both have postcards heading out to you pretty soon here Yes, as a matter of fact, I will be posting their postcards online on our social media. It's kind of rubbing in the face of those who haven't gotten around to That's doing right, it. That's right, yeah. You know, it's but, like, get with it, folks. Yeah. Come on. It's real easy. The, the surprise is limited, too. So if yeah. you want one of these cool X-File postcards, you better mm-hmm. move quick, because I think we're down to like 22, maybe. Actually, less than that. I think we're down to like 18, actually. Oh, shoot. Better yeah. move. So, uh, yeah, so send in your uh, review. It's super easy. And then we'll get your address, and we'll send them to you. But then don't. Don't be disheartened. Keep those reviews coming. If we run out of postcards, we, we have got other some other goodies on. working. Yeah. We got some other goodies working. So we'll get we'll we'll get you something. Exactly. All right. So before we get into the uh, weird news, let's do some facts about Nevada, shall we? Yes, we shall. So the first one I want to bring up is one of my favorites. The Simpson House is located in Henderson, Nevada. Dope. Originally built as a promotional giveaway, this suburban house was designed to be a in-real-life version of the Simpson home. In 97, a joint promotional contest saw Fox and Pepsi raffle off a fully-sized replica of the cartoon house that the Simpsons call home. Constructed in an otherwise nondescript housing district, the builders watched over 100 episodes of the Simpsons cartoons to get every detail just right. That Um, is incredible. Now, from what I understand, when I looked up uh, on this... 
the owners or I don't know if it's the current owners, or the owners that end up owning the house or winning the house uh, eventually it became so much of an eyesore and too much of a tourist attraction that they painted over because the house is pink on the cartoon. Mm-hmm. They painted over it with like a standard brown and they modified some of the uh, exterior so that people would not automatically know which house it was. So when you look at it now, it doesn't other than the construction of it. It doesn't look like the Simpson household. That is awesome. I also understood that the inside was horrible because it was also pink with the green carpet from the cartoon and it looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Paste Eater's Grave in Goldfield, Nevada. As the story goes, a vagrant wandering the streets of Goldfield in 1908 was rummaging through the trash outside the local library looking for something to eat. The best sustenance he came across was a, a jar of book paste. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I thought you did that in kindergarten. You know. Apparently you do when you're hungry too. I guess so. He would have found the paste surprisingly sweet because in addition to flour and water, it was 60% alum. Oh, my Oof. God. Unfortunately, the concentration was deadly. It probably closed his throat up. Oh, yeah. The, the legend continues to say that when the townspeople found the deceased drifter, he was buried in Pioneer Cemetery, which was little more than a dirt patch. The grave was topped with a headstone that stated what little they knew about him. It reads, unknown man died of eating library paste, <laughs> July 14th, 1908. That is all they knew about him. <laughs> That's all they knew. Speaking of Goldfield... The Goldfold, Goldfold, the Goldfold, 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 Goldfold. The, the Goldfield Hotel, named for the booming gold rush town it was built to serve, the extravagant Goldfield Hotel was, was opening its doors. Champagne flowed from the stairs into the mahogany-trimmed lobby, and chandeliers swung from the opulent gold-leaf ceilings in what was the most magnificent 150-room hotel in the entire state of Nevada. Ready to receive all of its newly rich patrons as they struck gold in what seemed like endless, endless abundance. Sadly, as we know now, the mines did eventually run dry as their precious payloads, and like so many other boom towns, Goldfield became an empty place full of tumbleweeds, abandoned lives, and ghosts of the vitality once knew. And the Ghost Adventures TV show got yeah. to start there when it filmed their very first documentary in 2005 at the Goldfield Hotel. Yes. They captured a full-body apparition, and they captured a brick flying across a room. Well, the next fact about Nevada is that uh, Zach Bagan's of Ghost Adventures has yep. a haunted museum in Las Vegas. And you said you, you drove, you were in the airport, but you never went there, so you didn't see I his... I never went through it. Now, now friends you... of ours did. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, right? I believe Hazel and Wayne did go. Did go. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of the paranormal, then Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum is a must-visit when in Los Angeles. The museum is filled Los with Los Angeles? Strange. Los Angeles, take Back 45. Back shit up. Back it up. Do it again. If you... <laughs> If you are a fan of the paranormal, then Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum is a must-visit when in Las Vegas. The museum is filled with strange, unusual, and even haunted artifacts, or so they say. It's not just a building-turned-ghostly museum. It's also a historical landmark with, a, with its own bit of history to explore. In 2017, Zach Bagan's of Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures opened the Haunted Museum in one of Las Vegas' oldest residences, constructed in 1938 as a mansion for banker Cyril Wengert. And his family, the property most recently housed the Nevada Bar Association. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Boo, lawyers. Several weird urban legends have been con- connected to the home, along with rumors of satanic rituals. Of course. There's always rumors Bagans, right? Satan, yeah. demons, you know. Even if the house was never used for dark rituals before, it is certainly filled with more than its fair share of unsettling relics now. Blending haunted objects and historical artifacts, the museum is not for the faint of heart. 
An area set up as a funeral parlor includes hand-painted glass windows from the 1800s. Another room is a full circus-themed puppet theater. One room features memorabilia and personal effects related to famous serial killers Charles Manson, John Wayne Gacy, Richard Ramirez, and others. Hmm. Another allows visitors to peek inside Dr. Kevorkian's Volkswagen quote-unquote death van. There's, <laughs> a death van? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an old... Where'd that come from? <laughs> there's an, even an exhibit featuring objects previously owned by former Las Vegas residents and entertainers such as Michael Jackson and Liberace. Who's Liberace? Liberace! <laughs> For fans of Big and Show, you will see the infamous Peggy as well as the original staircase from the Indiana Demon House, as well as the Dybbuk Box. Why? And, and that's another thing that pisses me off. Mm. I mean, that's a little off the subject, but he yeah, burned that. He tore that house down. Yeah, bought it and tore it down. I know why he did it. I'm gonna say it right here. I, I know why he did it. Say it because it was fake as shit. It wasn't haunted. <laughs> there was no demon. And so, in order to keep his reputation intact and his documentary real let's tear it down quick somebody yeah. can debunk it because you know what's gonna happen he's gonna get requests from all over the world of ghost hunters wanting to come and, and investigate it yeah and it's it's a story that's full of shit oh t- yeah you heard it here folks that's right heard we, it here. We, we 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 speak the truth the state of fear official stance demon house is full of shit there you go visitors may even see Bagan strolling through the gift shop or museum and last but not least hit it brother hit it, brother hit it, brother hit it, brother Yes, my favorite fact of the state of Nevada, the Kiss Mini Golf in Las Vegas, the monster mini golf that is. You might think the Venn diagram of mini golf enthusiasts and diehard Kiss fans had a pretty small center, but this Kiss-themed miniature golf course is here to prove you wrong. Yeah, it's huge. With 13,000 square feet of Kiss memorabilia, a giant Gene Simmons head, of course, (laughs) and blacklight guitars galore, it is not for the faint of heart. Nope. And now I've got to go. See, now I know it's there. i got to go. Yep. When the course first opened its doors on March 15th, 2012, Kiss co-founding members Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons and band members Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer were all in attendance. Of course they were. Why wouldn't they be? Hopefully. Upon seeing the final product, Simmons said, where else can you go play a round of Kiss by Monster Mini Golf and then renew your wedding vows in an official Kiss Hotter Than Hell wedding chapel? (laughs) Only in Vegas. Love it. Playing the course is like falling into a dream world illuminated with unique glow-in-the-dark features and high-tech videos. Man, I gotta go. Yeah, sounds really cool. There's also even a live DJ blasting nonstop Kiss music. Yep, I've got to go. Mm-hmm. And hosting various trivia and other contests. Keep an eye out for authentic Kiss props that speckle the space as well. The course was created by Christina Vitagliano, founder of Monster Mini Golf, whose husband was a Kiss fan. She started asking everyone she knew if they had a connection to Gene Simmons and eventually found someone with the number for his attorney. She reached out and heard back within a day. Anything for a buck. Yeah, of course. Mr. Gene Simmons is a shrewd but pretty sharp business guy. I mean, yeah. everything he does. Yeah, he puts is his show on everything. Like his, yep. his name is even on caskets and stuff, which is yeah. pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's a little whack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a kiss coffin. Hey, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I get. I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, but 
I guess some people, yeah, I, I'm sure you'd be like to be buried in a kiss coffin, right, James? Absolutely not. No? I'm going to be buried in a Mark VI torpedo tube from Star Trek. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> there we go. That. I've already told my son that. And then I'd like, you know, if they cremate me, against my wishes, of course, launch my ass into space on one of those rockets where they send <laughs> your ashes into space. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we get into your uh, weird news of the day, shall we? Why not, my brother? Let's do it. Today's story comes from the Metro website again. Oh, favorite, favorite one of my place, favorite man. ones, man. I'll tell you what, website. they have the good stuff, man. Yeah, what you love what it, can man. I say? It's easy find, too. Yeah. Uh, story is dated Saturday, 22 August of 2020, for all you military types. Hoo The title of the story is Zombie Horror Show Helps People Unwind from Stresses of the Pandemic. Ooh, Zombie Horror Show. You know what? And that's why I picked this story because it's about time we start getting over this. You know, it's really to, it's pounding on people pretty hard. We so. need to unwind. So why, you know, why not a zombie show? Every, you know? Everybody's stressed out. Those finding the pandemic too much have been offered a chance to unwind by lying down in a coffin surrounded by chainsaw-wielding zombies. Now, wait a minute. When the hell did any zombie you ever know ever carry a chainsaw? Not only that, but how, how does relaxing and zombies actually go together? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't well, relax around zombies. Why don't we get into the story and we find out? Let's what do, do you it. say? Thrill seekers in Tokyo with a few yen to spare can spend 15 minutes being scared the hell out of by something else for a while for a change. Nice. Thanks to a group of out-of-work actors, <laughs> the new form of COVID-safe quote-unquote entertainment takes self-isolation to a higher level and sees participants lie in a two-meter window window windowed coffin listening to a horror story as they try to relax in the somewhat unusual surroundings actors masquerading as the undead performing around them poking them with fake hands and squirting them with water (laughs) hey you squirt me i'm gonna get pissed yeah the pandemic is very stressful, and we hope people can get a bit of relief by having a good scream, says Kenta Iwana, coordinator of production company. <laughs> good luck with that shit. Do what? Good luck with that. Yeah. Kawa. I'm just going to say Kawasaki, a.k.a. Scare Squad. <laughs> okay. It's actually spelled Kawa. Kawagara Seti. Kawagara Seti. Godzilla. Hey, don't forget, we have listeners in Japan, so get that shit right. They want to hear That's you right. pronounce it right. Kawagarasatai. Perfect. I'll try it. I mean, I hope that works. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Uh-oh. Little, Damn. Little, little yeah. what the suck cross over there. The group is running trials of the 15-minute show in the horror-mad nation known as the birthplace of films like The Ring, The Grudge, and hundreds of other movies far more terrifying than anything ever dreamt of in Hollywood. It comes up, you know, those shows ain't that scary. I'm sorry. <laughs> the ring. Psh. Yeah. 
Anyway, it comes as Japan experiences a COVID-19 upswing with 1,034 infections of the new coronavirus on Friday. Kenta, 25, is scrambling to find work for his actors who normally perform at venues such as theme parks. Earlier in the pandemic, as they organized drive-in horror shows, but were looking for something that could be more easily moved from place to place. So coffins came to mind, I guess. <laughs> and it apparently works. Judging by the reactions of the first few guests, lots of events have been canceled because of the coronavirus. I was looking for a way to get rid of my stress, said Kazushiro Hasoguchi, 36, after lying through the 800 yen, $7.60 show. It's not a bad deal. Not bad. Not $7? $7.15 15 minutes, man. That's right. I feel relaxed now. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel relaxed now, he added, in the most unlikely reaction from any customer that has seen. No, mm-hmm. I feel relaxed now, he added, in the most unlikely reaction anyone has ever had to anything. Had to anything ever? Has ever had to anything ever. I, a lot you know of what? Evers, I but... love Metro, but damn, it's hard to read sometimes. Yeah. Customers for the shows held in a restaurant. <laughs> Customers for the shows held in a rest lounge, usually used by passengers arriving in the capital on overnight bus trips, include shopping mall owners and the operators of other venues who Kenta hopes will be happy to host them in the future. We need to have something that we can take anywhere, and coffins are easy to move. Hey, that's really? what I said. Are, yeah. they really? are they? Yeah. All you need to do is put them in a dark room, said Kenta. It's good business for us and satisfying for our customers. That's actually a good point. You just need to put them in a dark room, and automatically they're scary. I mean, they're scary well, anyway, but put them in a dark room. That's the story, but, I mean, yeah. I give them points for creativity, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, pretty, that's awesome. I mean, hey, and if it makes actually relaxes people... And yeah. it gives them a bit of like, you know, peace in this crazy, crazy time. For seven bucks, that's not bad, dude. Hey, if you can lay in a damn coffin and have people wave chainsaws at you and it relieves your stress, God bless. You know, that wouldn't be too bad for me. I think the thing that would not be stressful or not be relaxful is if they sprayed damn water in my face. Don't spray water on me and them chainsaws better not have no blades. Oh, they never do. That's that's a safety issue right there. They don't yeah. have blades ever. All right, man. Well, let's get into the uh, main story, shall we? Let's roll. the state for today is nevada and we are doing the nevada mine fire which, which is now actually believed to be haunted and as, as far as i know the um it's actually hey there this is erica kelly host of southern fried true crime i cover contemporary and historical cases and i love listener suggestions and like any good gossip i'm interested in anyone and anything Come join me as I explore the dark underbelly of the Deep South. I'm a one-woman show in a narrative format, kind of like sitting by the fire and listening to a story. So pull up a chair and subscribe if you're interested. I'd love to have you. You can find me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for Southern Fried True Crime. Until then, y'all take care. It was turned into a, not the mine itself, but there's a, um, 
a facility right near the mine. I guess it was like old quarters or whatever, but now it's an Airbnb mm-hmm. and you can go stay there. Yes. Right near the mine. Yeah. And and mine fires, especially in like precious metal mines and stuff, those are very rare. So I'm really anxious to see how in the heck this even started. And this was a, uh, this is considered one of Nevada's worst um, mine fires. Wow. Mine disasters, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So on April 7th, 1869, the miners of Gold Hills Yellow Jacket Mine said goodbye to their families and went to work like any other day. They had no idea that many of them wouldn't ever make it back home. Later that morning, an uncontrollable methane fire broke out at the mine's 800-foot level, collapsing timbers and quickly spreading to neighboring mines. The miners were trapped below with no chance for escape in what was probably the worst mining accident in Nevada history. Yeah, they used to have those methane lamps. Mm-hmm. that they'd put in the mines and they would go out if the methane levels got to a certain level and you know back in this day they, stuff like that they only yeah. had candles that was it and methane kablam yeah oh yeah i mean you know i, I worry about that a lot too because i have a buddy you know my best bud up in uh, idaho jim mm-hmm. bebout mm-hmm. he works in a silver mine too and i always oh, worry man. about him i mean yeah. they have air blasts and it's stuff all the time it's man. very dangerous i got nothing but mad respect for miners man yeah. that's hard work it's hard. and it's dangerous oh yeah working deep in the earth as a miner is a job with many hazards including poison gases explosions collapses floods and fires to name a few to miners like James Dunleavy, the risks were just part of the job. Dunleavy did not dwell on those dangers as he worked in the Yellow Jacket Mine in Gold Hill, Nevada. The mine and sister mine shafts were burrowed more than 1,000 feet into the earth as they extracted silver from the Comstock load. Each labyrinth of mining chamber was supported with heavy timbering. In this tender box of wood, miners lit their work with candles or lamps, and they used blasting powder to fracture the ore for removal. The Yellow Jacket was a great silver-producing property at the extreme southern end of the Comstock Lode. Nothing was more feared by gold and silver miners than a fire in a mine. As the pockets of ore are cut away and taken out, cavities or chambers are created. The overhanging ledges of rocks are supported by timbers. To prevent the rock from caving or falling, the tunnels or drifts reaching out for hundreds of feet in many directions from the shaft are completely lined with beams and boards. Sometimes the enormous cavities in a mine created by the removal of great pockets of ore require 800 and 900,000 feet of timber. That is a lot Damn. of fucking, That's a lot of wood. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a lot of flammable, dangerous wood. It certainly is. And like I said, once again, mad props because I have seen some of these things. Uh, you've seen it in the movies. I've seen it in real life. Yeah. And some of these areas, they are vast. They are wide oh, open yeah. for, for yard, I mean, hundreds Miles. of yards in yeah. some cases. Mm-hmm. And they're di- and there's nothing supporting this rock. Right, right. I mean, it's solid rock and it's, it's holding itself together. But, man, I'll tell you what, it's like caves. But this is man-made stuff. See, so, you know, cave-ins and stuff are always a danger. Always dangerous. The shaft is faced with heavy timbers and planks. A deep and well-worked mine becomes a stupendous subterranean honeycomb of lumber. If a fire broke out any part of the lower levels of a deep mine, it would create a difficult situation for firefighters to get to. Any miners below the level or beyond the point in the drift where the fire occurs have little to no chance to survive. They are almost certainly killed before the fire reaches them by suffocation from gases or smoke that reach them first. Yep, and it burns all the oxygen out of the shaft. Exactly, no oxygen. Suffocate, just drop them. Yep, it's bad. The Comstock mines went down two to 3,000 feet into the sides of Mount Davidson, which increased the danger a fire would cause. So around 8 a.m. on Tuesday, April 6, 1869, 
The night shift miners were clocking out and the early day shift miners were coming in. A careless miner, perhaps tired from a long night or just excited to be heading home, left a candle burning on a wall of timber some 900 feet deep in the mine, which eventually set fire to supporting timbers. <laughs> the candle probably burned for hours and served as a light for the miners, but having been left behind, the flame eventually reached the pine wood on which it stood. The blaze started a chain reaction of disasters. Yeah, I bet it did. Dunlavy, who was working on the 900-foot level, was alerted to the catastrophe when he heard the distinct crashing of falling rock. Debris filled the tunnels, forcing choking gases and dust into the yellow jacket and neighboring Kentuck shafts. While running along the 900-foot level, Dunlavy spotted a wall of flame. As he raced towards the main shaft, he gave the signal for fire, but the crackling of the burning pine timbers was so loud that his warning shouts were drowned out. Dunlavy remembered standing at the opening of the 900-foot level upon the yellow jacket shaft and heard the screams of miners on the levels below. Air pouring in from the Kentuck mine acted as like a bellows and fanned the conflagration mm. as it swept along the 900 and 800 foot levels and through the laterals to another neighboring mine. That is horrible. It's, it's terrifying. It is absolutely Man, that's horrible. horrible. What a way to go, too. You can't get out. No, you're, you were just, ugh. Yeesh. The roof collapsed around Dunlavy, and he began to choke on the fumes and dust. He lay on the floor and pulled a heavy overcoat over himself. This act helped save his life. He was the sole survivor of the nine miners on the 900-foot level. He slipped into unconsciousness and did not awaken until hours after he had been rescued. Well, apparently laying low is like the crawl when you hear the fire thing. You right. crawl low so the smoke is up. And so that probably filtered his breathing while mm-hmm. he was bre- if he was breathing through a jacket. Yeah, and it kept him from getting know. too many gases in or whatever. But yeah, man. And the fact that he was unconscious probably slowed down his breathing too. Yeah, man. And with that, James, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? That sounds good to me. California has the largest population in the United States and the site of some of the most famous true crime cases in history. But there's more than meets the eye to the crime in California. Join Sean, Jessica, and Charles on the California True Crime Podcast as they cover crime both infamous and overlooked from around our state while looking at the deeper history that goes beyond beaches and movie stars. Miners risked their lives to save their co-workers, trying to rescue as many men as possible. They yanked the unconscious Dunleavy from the jaws of death. Later, when a cage filled with the rescuers was descending past the 800-foot level, it was rocked by an explosion. Terrifying. The fire Jeez. quickly spread to another neighboring shaft, the Crown Point Mine. Yeah, can you imagine thinking you're on the elevator <sighs> and you're, you're heading to freedom and all of a sudden, bam. Bam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unforgiving. It's almost like working in space. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. you know, I mean, you, you, there's very little room for mistakes error. or no. error or anything, and disaster can Ugh. strike at any moment. That's terrifying to me. The morning was filled with stories of heroism and tragedy. Many miners had to be left behind as the crowded cages were too full to pull them out. Some miners jumped to their deaths rather than suffocate or be burned alive. One man hanging onto a cage had his head and arm removed by jagged timbers. Oh lord! Ugh. It sounds like. It's not like the, like just the most horrible, I mean, this sounds like almost, it's very similar to, I mean, it's nowhere near as mountain tragedy, but like 
the stories here from like 9-11, from like the yeah. towers, people just jumping. Just jumping because they'd rather do that than burn. Yeah, burn. Had no choice. Yeah. Oh. It's like, look, I'm either going to burn to death or I can fall, have a heart attack, and hopefully pass out before I hit the ground and die. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it's just like you just have no way out. It's that, That's just, man. Literal rock in a hard place situation yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Family is watched in horror as the mine burned for several days, killing more than 35 miners. However, only 34 bodies were recovered. The numbers would have been higher had the fire not happened during the shift change. Dunlevy was saved by his own quick thinking and by his brother miners. Now, it's believed that 11 dead miners haunt the mine. Wow. it's a lot of ghosts in one little mine. Yes, it is. Lights and glowing blue and white orbs have been seen near the mine shaft's entrance. I wonder if that's the ones that maybe committed suicide. And I've often wondered about that, but I won't, I won't dig into that right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I wonder if suicides are punished and they roam for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like a purgatory kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's why maybe only 11 of I mean, I don't know. That's maybe. just a wild guess. I mean, but, I, but also, you know, the, the theory in, in paranormal like uh, investigation or paranormal the field is that, you know, um, you know, uh, e- emotions and things like that trigger. Yes. Uh either residual haunting intense or, situations yeah. exactly and so i mean i mean what's more intense i mean there are a lot of things but at that time what's more intense than a freaking fire in a mine and That's, you mentally having to decide whether you're going to burn to death or you're just going to commit suicide yeah, and these poor 11 spirits are probably roaming in there or at least their residual energy of these mm-hmm. guys who were running around trying to find a way out yeah yeah before they were de- before they were killed yeah so. absolutely it's it's just seriously sad. That's just bad news. The faint sound of cries have been heard by explorers deep inside the mine. There is an abundance of quartz and magnetite in the area, and many studies suggest that these two minerals are often found in areas with high paranormal activity. One of the popular theories about quartz and magnetite and hauntings is that when a ghost or spirit manifests itself, it alters the magnetic field around the minerals. Another theory is that the ghost or spirit can draw in the energy from a high magnetic field using the energy to manifest itself. Yeah, we've heard that before. Yes, we have. Yeah, which is, we also heard that's why, like, you end up getting, like, cold spots or hot spots because it's drawing yep. all it's the, pulling the... It's pulling the actual energy out of the air. Right. Taking the heat, the heat particles or whatever, the yeah. electrons, and it just drives it, the temperature down. Yep. Yeah, we've heard that. Thus, the theory that certain minerals such as quartz or magnetite can cause some type of residual haunting isn't completely impossible. No, it is not. All that's left is the mine's inclined chute, the head frame, a miner's cabin, and of course, the ghost of dead miners. At the base of the hill is the miner's cabin, which once served as a break house for miners. However, today it is considered to be part of the Gold Hill Hotel and is rented out to guests. That's the one I was telling you is an Airbnb now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The hike from the nearby Gold Hill Hotel to the mine is where the majority of paranormal activity has been seen and recorded. Reports of apparitions of miners wearing work gear walking around outside, especially on or around the anniversary of the disaster, and almost always after dark are common. Now, that to me is a residual haunting, of course. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Especially it's right near the anniversary. And it can be predicted. You know, that means it's right, just kind right. of, yeah, it's just a yeah, loop. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a residual. It's not haunting. intelligent. If it was intelligent, it would be more randomized and, and different occurrences and they wouldn't follow the same pattern and stuff like that. Which to me is actually a blessing because if it's a residual, it's not necessarily like the actual soul of the miner. It's just that intense emotional energy that's it's stored less, in time, basically. Right. Because if it was, if it wasn't yeah. intelligent, then to me, that's, that's the soul of the spirit of, of the miner, which means that they're stuck here. They're stuck. Yeah, so that would suck. Just, yeah. Since it's just residual, they're not actually stuck here, which yeah. is, which is a blessing, I think. That is. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Gold Hill is widely believed to be the most haunted place in all of Nevada. The haunted mine is closed and trespassing is not allowed. Next time you visit or pass through Gold Hill, be sure to pay your respects to the men who died in the Yellow Jacket Mine fire. Maybe, just maybe, their apparitions will go easy on you. Maybe so, because I have heard other mine disasters. Uh, as a matter of fact, in West Virginia, there's a coal mine that's been on fire since the 1800s. Yeah. And it hasn't gone out. Oh, wow. It's still smoldering. It's still going, yeah. Because coal burns a long time. Oh, my God. And then God. you're talking about if a whole coal mine has been compromised. Oh, yeah, it's deep underground. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it is actually still burning, but I heard it burn for a century. And so from what like I understand that. about this, this actually, uh, this particular fire did burn for off and on for like over a year. Is it? Yeah. Maybe longer than that because they would put some out, but then it would catch back up until you have to keep And then the methane gases and stuff would pipe it back. Yeah, I mean, it's bad right. news, man. Right, exactly. Bad news. Yeah, man. So that's the story of the hauntings and the fire of the gold mine. Uh, Gold Hill Yellow Jacket Mine, bud. That is nuts. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I actually saw a couple of videos of some couple of people who have, who went to that area and did some short videos of themselves there. You know, <laughs> yeah, the dog in the background. Um, it, it's it's you know from the outside, you, it's still got the uh, the corrugated metal yep. on the outside of the uh, the miners' cabins area. Yep. Um, again, it's Airbnb. You can go and rent it out, and it's got you know it's a small little quaint place, but it, it's right near the mine you can walk down and you can see that some of the holes that are still there and um, yeah I mean, that's like a shoot i'm sure there's nobody allowed to go down in it nope nope at all no. so yeah that's a but good place to uh, but from what i saw in the videos it's a very <laughs> it's a very pretty place <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> for those who, who aren't watching the video you didn't see james doing a motion of throwing someone into the mine <laughs> you said what who <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about what you that money you spent again. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, of watching the video, yeah. So uh, <laughs> all this craziness going on right now is yeah. being recorded for our video, and the video goes up on our Patreon. Yes, it does. And patreon.com slash state of fear. Uh, on there, you can. Um, there's three different tiers: one, one to five, and we ten. We got the hitchhiker for a buck. Right, real We've got easy. The backseat driver for five dollars. Backseat driver five bucks, and shotgun. Shotgun, our for ten. favorite for ten bucks. For ten dollars, little dollars. What you spend on one cup of coffee a day at Starbucks? Yes. For per month, you yeah. can be a shotgun member, a shotgun driver, and you get access to all of our outtakes. You get early access to episodes. Yes. You get early access to not just episodes, but ad-free episodes. So and all of our special content. We've ads. got special episodes that nobody. The gets. rest stop episodes. Yeah, the you rest get those. Stop. Uh, you get all the bloopers, the outtakes. Um, you also get access to the video bloopers as well as video versions of these podcasts. Yes, and we will probably be having some live guests recorded, right. and those episodes will also be on Patreon. Yeah, so for $10, you get a whole lot for $10. Yeah, we're going to really pour month. some good content into this. Yeah. So we're hoping to get the support, and we sure appreciate anybody who does. And again, doesn't at, matter what level. Every, we'd, every we'd dollar you. you put into us goes right back into the show. Goes back into the show. That is correct. Um, but you can find all that at patreon.com slash state of fear also on our social media which are where again james we are on the big evil facebook i always call it the big evil and just can't help myself yeah uh we are on instagram and mm-hmm. we are also on twitter which i will say is blowing up our oh, twitter yeah. we've only been on there for a couple shoot a maybe few a weeks months, maybe a month month or so maybe, maybe yeah yeah and we're almost at a thousand followers awesome. we're rolling yeah you i know? love it and I it's love awesome it. i love all the support uh, we've got tremendous support we appreciate that yeah uh like i said and i post the links on every post now or every episode post at at minimum we'll have all the links to our uh 
So our Patreon and our our T Public site oh, yeah, for our merch yep. shop. Go check out our merch shop, tpublic.com slash SOF. Yep. Um, we have three different designs. We got a lot of cool stuff on there as well. Yep. And again, you can find all those on, on the Facebook, the Instagram, and the um, Twitter accounts. Yes. Um, but you also find the, the podcast where, James? You can find the podcast on the fourthhand.com media network. Yep. Of course, great, along, great with network. Our, along with our sister project, What the Suck. We are also on Google, Spotify, Apple, Apple everywhere everywhere we anywhere basically anywhere you can you, hear your podcast or even on there. youtube even on youtube yeah and it and it's easy to find us i yeah. mean it's like everywhere now. And speaking it's, of when you do find us or whatever you listen to us on um go and review yes and send us a review send us a screenshot of that review to our email at state of fear podcast at gmail.com for your shot to win an exclusive 1996 collector's x-file postcard yeah. these things are very cool and every review will get a postcard so just send yes. it in it's take takes while maybe, supplies last but takes, like i said when we run out that's it when we run out that's it for that but we might get creative and do some other things for you. Takes, Keep them coming. Takes two minutes to do a review, maybe a thirty seconds in an email, and you're done. And you, you've got you've gotten yourself a 1996 vintage X Files postcard with a personal message from Chris from and I both. both That's right, absolutely. You get an autograph, which is probably worth the paper it's printed on. But you get, <laughs> <laughs> get that. So hey, you never know. Hey, we hey we get famous one day. You know, the cards might end up on eBay. But That's hey, right. You know what? What are you gonna do? And now we are actually as as we head out on that road, we. You know, we're on the road a lot. We're yes. checking out all the different states. And one thing we do love is we run into a lot of demo salesmen. Mm-hmm. And they're always always giving us demo tapes. <laughs> and so and we're, off, we're, we're premiering a new segment on the State of Fear called yes. Demo Tapes. And what that is is every episode will will end with a song from a local band from a different state. Yeah, it doesn't matter what state. We're just going to start putting them doesn't up It doesn't matter there. what type of music. Um, we're, we, we've already reached out to a bunch of people. Um, if you're a local band or you're in a band and, and you want to represent your state, uh, send us an email at state of podcast at gmail.com and let us know that you want your song to be played at the end of our episode of an episode and, and we, we will put it on. We'll do it. Yeah. So today's demo tape is from Possum Belly an esoteric grunge band from Michigan. Name of the song is name your price. And I'm going to tell you what damn good music good music you can find them at possumbellyband.bandcap.com um, as well as possumbellyband.com yep and it's worth a listen all right i'm so, really telling you it's worth a listen all right and so uh we will see you all down the road in the next state you bet brother james why don't you pop that tape in the deck and let's get going let's roll brother let's get on down the road
time Trust me with your life You've been listening to a fourth hand joint. If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. To save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today.